For BYU-Idaho Radio, I'm Celeste Simmons. I'm here today with Darren Clark, a faculty member of the art department here at BYU-Idaho, and he is our devotional speaker this week. Thank you so much for meeting with me today, Brother Clark. My pleasure. So how about you tell me about your journey that led you here to BYU-Idaho? Oh, boy. I was a student at Ricks College uh, in 1989, and then after my mission in 1991, and, and then loved this place and loved the faculty and my experience here, but then went on to get degrees at Utah State and Louisiana State University. Uh, I got my master's degree both in studio art and photography, and an opportunity came up as I was graduating from Louisiana State University to come um, be a part-time, I guess a full-time temporary hire for somebody who was going on leave and that was about the time that Ricks College uh, made the transition to BYU-Idaho, and they had a need for an additional faculty member, and I applied and was hired. And your talk this week is titled, Sacrifice, a Love Letter. Why did you decide to talk about sacrifice? Uh, you know, they, they don't give you a topic when they, and they don't, <laughs> when they invite you to speak at devotional. Uh, and they so they just allow you to kind of think about it, and, and I had a little bit of time to think about it before I had to before I submitted a rough draft. And I I had thought about I just was trying to think of important things in my life, and and my mind kept coming back to uh, to the sacrifices that have been made on my behalf, and and what's expected of us as members of the church, and how that can bless how the sacrifices of others have blessed my life, and hopefully how the sacrifices that I and some of my family members and friends are making today will hopefully bless the lives of their uh, posterity. In your talk, you say that if we look at these responsibilities as opportunities to serve, as opportunities to build Heavenly Father's kingdom, as opportunities to feel closer to our Savior, then they can help us develop Christ-like attributes, and the responsibility to sacrifice doesn't feel burdensome at all. How have you seen the sacrifices that you have made in your life blessings in your life? Uh, that's a good question. As you're, you know, I'm as a father, I've got three boys and, and raising the children Saturdays and uh, weeknights were often filled with those responsibilities of raising children. And, and there were times maybe in the short term where I would have rather done what I wanted to do. And, and not that I didn't want to be there for my children, but those sacrifices now, as I look back on them, um, are some of the fondest memories of my life. Also, um, service in the church, helping other people, those all seem at the time like, oh, it's something you have to do. But really, when you think back to your life, and I'm sort of starting to get to an age where I am looking back on life a little bit, really, when you're working, when you're serving, when you're sacrificing, that really is what your life is made up of, at least in my case. And um, it's just kind of been an important part of my life and who I feel I am now. In your talk, you mentioned some of the stories that people shared on the discussion board. And as I was reading those, I just thought, wow, people have lost and sacrificed so much and their examples are very admirable. Um, What were your thoughts while you were reading through the discussion board and reading these stories? Yeah, first of all, I was very grateful that students um, took the time to participate and and uh, share their, and sometimes very personal stories uh, on the discussion boards. And I was humbled by reading them. And, and I, if 
I, maybe if I would have written those prompts, if I if that would have been posted to the discussion board weeks ago, I may have written a different talk. Just the the stories and the sacrifices that students, either the students have made or or others have made on students' behalf, um, it was just humbling and uh, and amazing. And so I I was just really grateful and humbled and amazed at uh, what some of the students have gone through or what some of their the people in their lives have gone through. I was I was humbled. And I loved the three stories that you shared about your ancestors and what they have sacrificed and how their sacrifices have benefited you and been a blessing um, to your life and have led you to, to be who you are today. And the story about your grandma, Grandma Bell, I thought that was really interesting because you talk about how, um, how she was loving kind of in her own way, but she was distant and you didn't feel a very close relationship with her. What did this story and her life teach you about how to view others, people who may seem a little distant. Yeah, I think uh, Grandma Bell was who she was, and I never thought she was trying to be somebody she wasn't. Um, and it's not that I regret or you know blame her for who she was. At the time, maybe I didn't understand her. Um, and really both, uh, and my Grandma Clark was, was quite old when I was young, so I didn't really have a grandmother you know, in the traditional sense of somebody who, I mean, I had grandparents, but who was super loving and sending me cards and phone calls. It was just a very, like, I knew who she was. I knew she loved me, but I didn't uh, feel that love in traditional ways, I suppose. But I did, and I guess I didn't really even think about it much, but as I was preparing the talk, I, I my mother shared some stories of Grandma Bell with me, and then she gave me because I don't think her life history yet is uploaded to uh, Family Search, which is where I got these uh, my, the story of my great grandfather. But she gave me a copy of the brief life history that she wrote, and I really kind of started to realize who she was. That she had all these abilities, um, musical abilities. She was very outgoing, and she—I don't want to say she gave up her life or made huge sacrifices, but she did change. I think. Um, I don't know if she changed, but she made compromises so that she could be a, a support to my grandfather, who was a farmer, and living in these little towns that are uh, like Terraton, Idaho, and uh, I think the, you know, that's the, and then they eventually ended up in eastern Washington, that there wasn't a lot of opportunities, I don't think, for her to perform, because she was very musical. There weren't a lot of opportunities for her to express her artistic abilities, at least to a wide audience. And so instead of sharing those talents outward, although she did in her church callings and such, but she really turned those talents and those abilities into raising her family and supporting her husband. And uh, because of that, uh, I think my mother and my aunts and uncles are who they are because of her sacrifices. And, and so that helped me appreciate her deeply. You also shared the story about um, your dad, and how he was a hero to you, and how a little bit later on in life, um, you found out some things that that hurt you and hurt your family. And I, as I was reading it, I was just wondering because obviously forgiveness is something so hard that everyone struggles with. When someone hurts us, it's not easy to forgive them. It's not something instant that we really want to do. How were you able to recognize the good in your dad and be able to forgive him? 
it was it's a fairly long journey to arrive where I am, and I, I I kind of in some way, and I mentioned this in the talk that I I fear in some ways I kind of uh, reconciled these thoughts and this forgiveness maybe a little. I wish I I wish I would have come to that realization a little earlier because um, my father passed away a little over a year ago, and I I mean I loved my father, and I think and he knew I loved him throughout his life. We had a great relationship, but but yeah, when I was younger, um, you know he did some things that he needed to be to be forgiven of and that he needed to repent for. And it really kind of, as a young, fairly sheltered child, I just thought my dad was perfect and that he was almost not a human being in some ways, that he was just like always did what he was supposed to do. And, and I think all of us struggle with different things in our life. And when that became, I guess, sort of public and and I found out about it and there were some things that had to happen for him to return to a full fellowship in the church. It uh, it was painful for me, and I didn't quite understand. I was fairly young; I was sixteen at a pretty vulnerable time in my life. Uh, but as I've as I've grown up and realized that I have struggles, and that we all have struggles, and that repentance and forgiveness is for all of us, and if if we are willing to you know, partake of the atonement of our Savior, of the sake of the of the sacrifice that our Heavenly Father made for us, then we can all receive forgiveness. And so it became rather than a mistake he made that we that I dwelled on for my for most of my life, I've come to realize it was a, a heroic choice and that he made sacrifices so that he could become active in the church again, that so he, so that he could partake of the fullness of the gospel. And that I wish that would have been my attitude all along, but the, the the pain was pretty immediate for a while, and it took me a while to get over that. And my last question for you is that at the end of your talk, you invite the audience to, you say, to please take time to learn of the sacrifices others have made on your behalf. Ponder on those sacrifices and please be grateful for them. Find it in your heart to make the personal sacrifices necessary to partake fully in the blessings of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. And I love that invitation. And what do you suggest to to the listeners here and to your audience? What do you suggest we do when we need to make a sacrifice, but we're scared and hesitant to do so? Um, I think the First thing, and, and I'm going to maybe not quite answer the question directly, but I will eventually. I think the first thing is to seek those stories out. And I think that, I think understanding what others have done on your behalf helps you maybe be a little more willing to make those sacrifices. And I, you know, if family history is something that's always been preached to us if you've grown up in the church. And and if you're kind of like me, I was, I was oh, that's for old people. And now I'm old, I guess, but I, I never really caught the vision of family history. But in preparing for this talk, uh, a lot of those stories, and you might be surprised if you go to your to family search and you go onto your family tree and you go back in some generations, there are memories that are posted there, stories that are posted there. And I started reading some of those stories and memories of some of my ancestors and reading everything that they has, have sacrificed for me. And they didn't know. I mean, they were making sacrifices in their life for their children and maybe for their wives. And and I doubt that they had in mind what was going to happen two, three, four generations later. But being the beneficiary of those sacrifices makes me realize that choices I make, sacrifices that I'm willing to make, 
will have an impact not just on my wife and not just on my children, but potentially for generations to come. And I know day to day it's hard to keep that perspective in mind, but um, the principles of the gospel, the commandments are there to protect us and to keep us safe and to really provide a happy life for us. And what might feel like a sacrifice, I think, is really an opportunity. And I think if we can keep that in mind, that will help. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you for uh, your devotional talk and for the inspired words that you shared with us. And thank you so much for meeting with me today. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks.